Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, so today on Irish Tech News, uh, we are continuing our look at cryptocurrencies uh, with our, our in-house expert, I guess. So, Jamil, welcome back. Hi, thank you, Simon. Great to be back again. Yeah. So, look, I mean, we spoke about what you do. We've spoken about Bitcoin. Uh, but obviously, uh, the, I, I figured that we would dive into Ether and Ethereum and that this, this whole platform and what it does. So, I guess, um, first up, uh, for those that don't know um what is what is the difference between ether and ethereum great so um you know it's interesting because i didn't really know uh when i first entered the crypto sphere either um from june 2017 to early november i was just really in the in the bitcoin ecosystem and you know um basically it's before they had institutional investors it was the wasn't the wild west it was the wild 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 west um, and, uh, <laughs> I knew ETH was a, another crypto. Um, and at the time I knew I was involved in an in, ICO bench as ICO advisor. So I knew it was used for ICOs. Um, but it wasn't until November of 2017 that I learned, um, that there was tremendous, tremendous intellectual stealth, uh, and talent of people in the Ethereum community. Uh, who were uh, building platforms and as developers uh, when I attended the uh, Blockchain for Social Impact Conference in New York. Um, ETH itself, you know, kind of like Bitcoin itself, is a currency, is the token that that drives the, um, you know, the Ethereum blockchain. Um, ETH, you know, right now the price is about 1500 It was as high as $2,000. Um, you got about a 1.3 million transactions daily. Uh, it powers DeFi, about $40 billion, which is decentralized finance, and you have almost 9,000 Ethereum uh, Ether validators. Um, but the Ethereum itself, you know, um, Ether is the currency, and Ethereum is one of three things. Um, it's a world computer, um, it is a community, and it is a global digital economy. And I'd probably like to go, to go into each of those in, in, briefly in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, so um, I, I was going to say, um, unlike Bitcoin, which uh, so we discussed with Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, Nakamoto, that is basically a pseudonym, uh, the, the founders and creators of Ethereum are, include uh, Vitalik Buterin and others, but, 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 but we know who they are. So I guess, how does that, how does that, how is that different to Bitcoin? Okay, great. So let's look at, the, let's look first at um the, the, what Bitcoin is, right? Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, right? Um, the transactions are are money. Basically, the transactions moving back and forth is the creation of money. Money, it's a store of value. Um, it's also a medium of exchange. A lot of companies are using it, placing it on their balance sheet in the treasury um, as cash or, or cash like in instruments. Um, it's proof of work to to run the mining rigs to, to create Bitcoin or, or, or mine Bitcoin. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that, um, 
that are called forks later on, where if you want to split the blockchain into two or have side chains, you know, that um, act kind of as, you know, branches off of, of, of Bitcoin. Ethereum, um, in contrast, is a world computer. You know, uh, it's based on um, ex executable code uh, called smart contracts. Um, it's an entire network, um, which is based on proof of stake instead of proof of work, which is validators validating um, Ethereum transactions. For me, particularly, it's a unit of trade. So I've used it over the past couple of years where I bought Ethereum and then traded Ethereum for other cryptocurrencies uh, that are that are based that, that you know are based on the Ethereum platform. Um, and then it's used for, you know, business operations and such like that. So, mm -hmm. um, as, as you mentioned just before, uh, there are three elements to Ethereum. So um, you wanted to just tease those out. So in what way would you explain that those three elements that you were referring to? OK, so first, first thing we'll talk about is the community. You know, uh, the whole idea was they used to say they want to um, bank the unbanked, but I see more and more of unbanking the bank, right? Um, and that community is filled with developers with tremendous intellectual capital of really smart people, um, a lot smarter than me, yes, people, you know, really, really, really bright, you know, people. Mm -hmm. um, some of the focus is on social impact, um, and then you can build companies globally on Ethereum. Um, and then globally, you know, you have the global digital economy, which through Ethereum, you can you can do lending and borrowing and saving and uh, work on privacy and and uh, you know you use it for gaming and peer-to-peer -peer exchange and and like de decentralized finance and identity and voting and probably missing like a lot of different things. Um, and then it serves as a world computer. You know, uh, most of us, like you and me, 99% of the world look at things as far as what applications are built on top of the computer. If we have an iPhone or a smartphone or anything, we're using the apps, right? Um, Ethereum goes down to like, you know, for, to a host level and the operating system and then used for computation and scaling. Um, so it's a real build out of a global, actual global computer that's decentralized and available to everyone. And that's the world computer part of it. Okay, cool. Um, so, but as you mentioned, uh, with the with the uh, with the ICO boom of 2017 into 2018, um, uh, I remember looking at the time, and from my calculations, about 80% of the ICOs were being built on uh, Ethereum, and most of them were ERC20 tokens in particular. So, just talk about why why so many were choosing to do on ERC20, and then. Also, the ERC twenty wasn't the only option around, too. Right. So, so if we look at ERC twenty, right? ERC twenty is a fully fungible, fungible token, which means it's great for just the transfer of value. Um, so, a lot of companies were uh, doing, um, you know, uh, the ICOs were basically crowdfunding, um, and they were using that that digital token, kind of like Bitcoin, but not exactly. But um, you know, mostly mostly crowdfunding. Um, and it was fungible, and you implemented, you know, API for smart contracts, and they could be traded for other tokens like what I've done for the past couple of years when I've traded. So that was a really common, um, you know, token to be used. But there are, you know, various um, ERC tokens that are important and just as important, or maybe more so. Um, and some examples are, uh, you know, you have the ERC-777, 
which defines, you know, basically standard interfaces and behaviors between the token contracts, um, not serving as money, but working on the contracts, and they're backward compatible, you know, with ERC-20. And then you have ERC-677, which is Chainlink and some others that allows for token transfers not to be fungible, rather to contain data payloads. Um, so you're able to build automated autonomous databases. Um, you have ERC-721, which is CryptoKitties, which some people have heard of, uh, which are used for, you know, collectibles, uh, concert tickets, patent troll companies, you know, authentics and antiques, uh, where you have one overall business or core model, and then you have different branches or types of types. Um, and then you have the, um, the ERC-1155, which is used for uh, engine coin and some others, which are like multi-tokens, like a combination of non-fungible, fungible, and semi-fungible. So those, the, yeah. those are five of the main coins, but there's others too. <laughs> and look, I mean, and I guess this is, this is one of the things I wanted us to chat about in relation to the fact that we know who Vitalik Butarin is, which, um, and maybe this isn't a fair observation, but it does seem that uh, he, he's very much a developer first and foremost. And uh, sometimes that, that interest in tweaking seems to perhaps, um, you know, I think, I think he's more interested in the code than perhaps some of the other aspects. And, and that's why I was saying that maybe when we spoke about Bitcoin, it didn't really matter who Satoshi Nakamoto is or was. Whereas with Ethereum, because you have Vitalik as such an active presence with his own particular opinions, that can also impact on the price of Ether. Or, or, what are your thoughts on that? So um, I initially didn't know too much about Vitalik, right? And um, I'm, I was working with an ICO company out of Japan trying to become an advisor, and they offered me a million tokens. It was a company called Patron um, out of Tokyo, and I get a call in the middle from Matsushi and his people. Um, mm -hmm. And they said, bring us Vitalik. I'm like, what? Um, so so I, I'm like, okay. So I, I called my friend, Sean. I'm like, they asked me to bring them Vitalik. He's like, um, I don't know if that's possible. Um, so I started looking on LinkedIn, and he doesn't use LinkedIn. So I started looking on Twitter, and he uses, like, puts, puts stuff on Twitter. But I, I looked at some of the some of the language he uses, and, and some of the, like, the language that he uses are very, it's very different than the language I use and uh, other people use. And some of his words, you know, were, were like peep and eep, snarks, starks, zikapa, sharding, waku. I'm like, I don't understand this guy at all. You know, mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm reading and I'm like, okay, he's talking at the level of scaling, the level of operation, uh, the operational. He's looking at the level of actual functionality of Ethereum, and that's not what you and I are used to. We're used to okay applications. Um, so when I'm looking at, he's talking computational speak, uh, while some other companies like you know like Consensus with Joe Lubin and you know Microsoft with York Roads. They were building the, you know, the companies and the enterprise um, and the relationships business-wise. So I started looking at what they do too. Um, you know, Vitalik is the face of Ethereum um, from the development standpoint, um, but we don't really need to understand the development. We just know how to how to use it. Um, so all that stuff, those terminologies, computational speak, some of it's really important, um, like the peep and eep. Uh, EIP is the, the um, Ethereum improvement proposals, and there's one coming out this week, EIP 1559, yeah. which deals with transaction fees. Um, as a trader investor, you know, my, I see transaction fees. I'm like, for the last two years, 
I was able to take $5 here, $5 there, $10 here, and buy cryptos. And now I can't buy, I can't do that right now. So I'm hoping that these improvement proposals that get voted on in the Ethereum community will help lower those costs so I can go back to doing what I used to like to do. You know, so yeah. I got to follow that. Yeah, I mean, and I guess like, I mean, I guess that that's that brings up the, the question about gas that people are, are talking about that it's potentially 30 or $40 per trade, which in, in theory, uh, Ethereum was created to solve some of the problems of Bitcoin, but but now has its own uh, challenges. So, so I guess, do you think, do you think that that's going to be remedied back to the point? Because I, I think it was even, you know, Vitalik was, was saying that, you know, the cost per trade should be in cents. It shouldn't be in that many, you know, tens of dollars. It should be in cents. <laughs> I agree with you. It should be. It should. It should be in cents. You know, if I'm if I'm a, a small guy, you know, I mean, I'm in the U.S. So you know, when you look at the world economy, in certain countries where the value of one dollar is, you know, a lot goes a lot further um, than the value of dollar here. Um, but when you look at people being able to access this world computer and trade, and you know, who live in smaller countries. Um, you know, they should be able to buy those cryptocurrencies, and the only way to get there is to have is to have smaller GUI. You know, um, mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that this gets resolved relatively soon. Um, and also, you know, in the meantime, it's opened up opportunities for centralized uh, computer chains like, you know, BSC with Binance to, to uh, have, you know, more activity there. So, you know, um, hopefully this gets resolved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, look, I mean, between us, even between last night and today, uh, Ether fell 20% in value. And in some ways, this is quite a common thing that it does. And, and Kraken are saying that they saw one particular whale selling off large amounts of Ether. So uh, it would be fair to say that, that Ether is still going to be on a roller coaster price or, or, or uh, in time, will it, will it be less likely to drop 20% overnight? Well, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, it stopped 20, 25% this week. But you look at, look at the activity that's happened this week. You know, you had the, recently, last night, you had uh, the, they say to New York Attorney General, you know, not allow, you know, Tether um, minting in New York and usage. Uh, you had a lot of, uh, you know, news outlets come out there with fear, uncertainty, and down articles. You had Janet Yellen make announcements. You had $2.3 billion get liquidated in 100x, you know, uh, gambling, uh, you know, attempts on Binance. Um, all that has occurred just in the last few days. And guess what? There's only down 20%. So I'm like, that's pretty strong to me. You know, if you don't know any better, you say, okay, well, it's falling. If you know, like, you're like, a lot of the great things have been built here. I mean, back in the day, three years ago, it would have made, made a fall in 70%. It's strong now. Um, so I'm like, 20% kicking the bucket. It's going to come back up pretty shortly. Yeah. And I guess, like you say, there is just uh, many different variables playing out. And, and like you say, I mean, they were fined 18 million. So, yeah, I mean, these things are always going to nudge things up and down. Um, we one of the things that we have chatted about is is that out there are uh, cer certain uh, altcoins that are called uh, Ethereum killers, whereas some feel that, that they're not really going to be that way. So, so do you feel that the Ethereum killers, I guess, who are the possible Ethereum killers? And do you think they really have that potential or not? There's three. Um, there's, there's the first one is people, what people call Ethereum killers, which are, you know, applications 
built on Ethereum. And guess what? Mm -hmm. That's not an Ethereum killer. That's an Ethereum enhancer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can't come out and say it's a killer. Um, yeah. You know, the actual two things that could kill Ethereum, and let's look at them, um, and they are they are quant they are quantum uh, computing. Um, they they are they are uh, two um, two things within quantum computing um, algorithms. One is called Grover's algorithm. That's not the Grover with uh, Sesame Street. Um, and the other is Shor's algorithm. Um, and let's look at them both briefly. Grover's, Grover's algorithm um, uses quadrat, and this is mathematics stuff where I don't even understand, uh, but it's science, so we should talk about it. Uses quadratic speed up calculations, whatever that is, that finds a highly probabilistic, unique input to a black box function that produces a specific output value. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't work on highly structured, highly unstructured databases with various input platforms um, and vastly different data sets. Um, in order for that one to work, you would have to have everything being 100% structured around the world with very few possible outputs. That's not a blockchain. That's not Ethereum. Um, and the other one is Shor's algorithm, which is, which again, uh, mathematic talk, uses a polynomial algorithm for integer factorization based on repeated squarings. What does that mean? Basically, there has to be a specific order to everything done in the same exact way in multiple states of existence simultaneously, which today in this world is impossible. But, you know, science is always evolving and there's always a new law or hypothesis that comes out. So maybe one day in the next couple centuries, um, there could be it could be possible. But today, there's no way to kill it. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good to get your take on that. Um, You've mentioned that uh, they are having another meeting in a few days. In general, over the next, the rest of 2021, what, what kind of uh, trends do you see for the Ethereum platform and Ether? Uh, are, are you optimistic? Uh, how do you see about, because I mean, you're very much uh, an advocate for looking at things in the more longer term. Yeah, I see a few trends. Um, one is competition. Um, you know, Ethereum is not the only world computer. Um, I don't really have investment in Tron, and I really haven't explored the Polkadot networks yet. Um, I really don't know that much about Neo or Waves, but those are also computers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they are always improving. They're always enhancing. Uh, there's a race to cheaper fees, which we've already talked about, and the EIP-1559 um, is one of the ways to address that, I guess, this week. You know, you have you have new swap platforms like Uniswap and SushiSwap and uh, you know One Inch, um, you know, coming out of the coming out um, have already come out. Um, and then you have you know um, the rise in transaction fees price small buyers out. Um, and then you have layer two protocols uh, that conduct transactions off chain. Uh, and when you when you start building off chain, um, you start incre increasing the efficiency and timeliness. I used to build mapping tables for databases at AIG. And, you know, the first time we ever built our C-Card platform, we put all the code in the computer and it took a day. Um, so we took the code out. We started putting it in mapping tables and then kind of the equivalent to side chains. So you get you bet better efficiency. So these computers are going to be more efficient. Um, and then, you know, you have centralized, you know, Ethereum, we call them copycats, not really, but like Binance Chain and stuff like that. Um, so you, those are the trends that I see. 
um, for the rest of this year. Mm -hmm. Great. So look, if if you want to get Ether, what, what what would your tips be in terms of wallets? What's the best way to, to get Ether and what's the best way to, to store it? And what kind of wallets are the best best ways to securely to hold your Ether? Well, if you're a U.S. person, you know you're gonna you're gonna want to look at you're gonna want to look at Gemini, or you're gonna look at Coinbase, you're gonna want to look at Kraken and buy there. And then, you know, I have a Celsius wallet, um, which uh, which enables me to, to earn interest. Um, and then, as far as Ethereum tokens, you know, there's a limited limited supply that are on Celsius. So I have, you know, my own Ether wallets. Uh, the key with the Ether wallets is make sure, like the same thing with with Bitcoin, never ever ever lose your private keys. Um, you know, make sure, you know, you have a password that you back it up, that you put it somewhere safe, that you know where it is. Um, you know, MetaMask is a common, uh, either wallet that, you know, platform people use, um, you know, Edo, uh, Bread contains, you know, um, Ethereum tokens. Uh, I like to buy, um, as I mentioned last time, um, I like to buy, um, on Kyber. Uh, there's some good tokens on there that are not available on Coinbase. So, um, you know, in Europe, you guys have, you guys have, I believe, Nexo and there are other um, ones that I don't know too much about. Um, but those are just some examples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I, th I think sometimes we, we have more options than you do that we can use things like Coinbase and Bilaxi uh, and and, and a good variety of them. But then, like you say too, uh, some tokens are not available on every exchange. So sometimes you have to find like Polynex maybe ho holds your token and someone else sells it and someone else doesn't. And and then, you you know, there's a lot of arbitrage too, isn't there? That the same token could be trading at different rates on different uh, trading exchanges. Yeah, there's arbitrage as far as it's the same token on different exchanges. And then there are some projects that you have more than that. You have one developer working on more than one project. Um, and this was early on in 2019 that there was a couple of uh, tokens that, you know, um, that when one price went up, one price went down and they worked in perfect harmony with one another. So I was able to, to find arbitrage there. So you really have to look at the prices and you really have to do the research to find out what they are. And, and you know, uh, so those those are two important parts of being in the industry. Yeah. Look, I mean, um, I guess. How, how's it been going for you and how can people follow and find out more about what you do to 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 to, to see how your uh, your thoughts are on everything uh well my website is jamilconnects.com uh, and that's for you know if anybody wants to learn about my my free prone approach to crypto investing and trading it's you know, uh, basically conviction, uh, patience, and resilience, and how to do those three things. Uh, you know, and, and that's you know that's not easy during these market dips. If you if you if you're new, um, you know. But luckily, I, I've been through I've been through crypto winter. Um, a lot of a lot of companies who you know made mistakes. I made similar mistakes, and um, not knowing how to how to judge the market. But I learned that over time. Perspective is very important. So people want to reach out to me. You know, they can go to my website and they can contact me and set up a call. Uh, that would be, awesome. be great. Awesome. So, look, thanks for coming back on and sharing your insights with us, Jamil. Yeah, thank you very much for having me again. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter 
at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish tech news. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish tech news dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish tech news.